Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's uh, continue on in our studies in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. And we should be finishing this chapter today. Life by the Spirit. Verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Title this message, Walking in the Spirit, Walking in the Spirit. If you've been listening to our studies uh, taken from this letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Galatia, you would have heard the phrase and we read today, being filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and being controlled by the Holy Spirit. But how many people know what those mean. So hopefully we can shed more light on that this morning. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We pray that we would be tuned in and listen and learn something for the very first time. And we can apply these things in our life because it's very practical and it's just as relevant today as it was when it was first written. 
So help us to concentrate and not be distracted. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Once a person places their faith in Jesus Christ, they are born again. Amen. It's then that they are filled with the Holy Spirit. When that event happens, the Holy Spirit assists the believers in prayer. The Holy Spirit, and they always call the Holy Spirit he and not it, because he is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He gives them the assurance of their salvation. And he's always there to comfort their believer, the child of God, regardless of the circumstances. He's always there to help us. He is the helper. He is the comforter. And he's there to produce Christ-like attributes in the life of believers that should be evident in that person's life. Even though we are sinners and we all make mistakes and sometimes we walk in the flesh and not in the spirit. Regardless of life's circumstances, we have him to help us. He is the helper. He's the comforter. The helper that produces Christ-like attributes in us, in believers. It says there in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, capital S, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. But how do we walk in the Spirit? It talks about walking in the Spirit. In order for us to be able to walk physically, we have to put one foot in front of another, don't we? One step at a time. That's what the Christian life is all about, walking in fellowship with Jesus, one step at a time, one day at a time. Once the Holy Spirit gives us new life, having received Jesus Christ, who is the life, the life, God expects, he desires, he requires that we continue to live from the beginning of our journey once we're born again to the end of this life's journey to walk by faith and to walk in the spirit, to walk in the spirit. But I ask the rhetorical question, but how can we walk in the spirit? Do you know? To walk in the Spirit means that we yield to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's control by following his lead, his guidance, and not be controlled by our old sinful nature. The old sinful nature is opposed to the new nature in Christ. The old sinful nature is opposed. It's, it's contrary to the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 16 says, Those who walk in the Spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So in this final section in Luke's letter, to the church in Galatia, chapter 5, we learn 
the difference between the works of the flesh, the old carnal nature, and the work of the Holy Spirit. The difference between the works of the flesh and the work of the Holy Spirit. The flesh is the sinful nature of man. That, well, like I just said, it's in conflict with the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 17, let's read that again. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. It's opposed, it's opposite, completely, completely different. When the flesh is the sinful nature of man, it's in conflict with the Holy Spirit of God, which is holy, pure, and righteous. When the flesh dominates, has control, the results are clearly demonstrated, clearly pointed out by Paul, which we read in a person's life. Verses 19 through 21. I don't need to read them again. We already heard that. We already read it. And when the Holy Spirit is in control, however, he produces godly qualities in and through us that cannot be obtained anywhere else apart from yielding to the Holy Spirit of God by being obedient to God. That's how we can walk in the Spirit. That's how we can be filled with the Spirit. That's how we can be led by the Spirit. That's how we can be controlled by the Holy Spirit, by yielding obediently to God. Now let's look at the fruit of the Spirit as compared to the evidence of the sinful nature outlined in verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit. Love. Because of receiving Jesus Christ, believers can love God and love their fellow man due to the fact that they have received the love of God in their hearts, having been saved. See, people will normally love you when you love them, uh, but God loves us all the time. And once we receive him, we receive the love of God. We can love him and we can love other people. Joy. That's an inexpressible joy that only God can give us, a joy that cannot be obtained anywhere else. Peace. Now, that's what the whole world is looking for. Everybody who's ever been born, they're looking for peace. You know, there was a movement in the 60s, you know, and we're going out, peace, man. And it lasted for a while, but it never lasted for very long. The whole world is looking for peace. But unfortunately, they're looking in the wrong places. They're trying this, they're trying that to obtain peace. But the only way they can receive the peace of God is by receiving Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Peace. Peace of God obtained only through receiving Jesus. Then we can find freedom from worry. 
and fear and anxiety. Are you anxious about something today? Have you ever been? It's a rhetorical question. No need to be. We're not praying. We're not giving that over to the Lord and let him deal with it. There's an issue there that needs to be addressed. We shouldn't be, shouldn't be anxious about anything. We shouldn't have to fear anything. You shouldn't have to worry about anything. Although, because we're human, that's what we do. Patience. Yeah. Who doesn't need that? That means we have the ability to have mastery over our temperament. Anyone got a bit of a temper? See, I've got this Scottish blood running through me, so I can blame it on that. But really, it's the old nature. that You don't have that old nature, of course. You know. Patience. We have the, the ability to control that temper. You know? Some of us have got a short fuse, don't we? doesn't take much kindness what's that showing tender mercy to the needs of others what a wonderful thing it is when you just need a, a word in season from somebody you just need a word of kindness that's love in action that's love in action goodness our actions that reflect God's high moral standard. Well, that's quite a high moral standard to try to achieve, isn't it? To try to live up to. We can only do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. We can only be like that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Goodness, because God is good. Amen? God is moral. God is holy. Faithfulness, that's being steadfast in our allegiance to God. Steadfast in our allegiance to God. Steadfast in our allegiance to his word. Steadfast in our allegiance to his church. Amen? You're, you're faithful. You're here this morning, hopefully for no other reason, to obey God's word to fellowship together. Gentleness. Lives that are characterized by humility. That doesn't come naturally either. Humility, grace, and mild manners. That amplifies the Lord Jesus. All these qualities, these virtues, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is what he demonstrated all the time. Of course, he didn't say that he didn't. He wasn't angry with people. He, sometimes that he was. Remember when he turned over the tables? It was selling doves and making profit in the temple. You know, so that's righteous anger. But he never lost control. He never lost control. He was always in control. And it was always in control. The Holy Spirit was always in control of him. Because he was and is God. Romans chapter 6, 11 through 14. In the same way, Christian, count yourself dead to sin, 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not command, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall have no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Now we need to know the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit compared to the filling of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between the indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit. Like I said before, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit happens and is obtained the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our personal. We are filled with the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus as our Saviour. Ephesians 1.13, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked or sealed, marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So you ought to know if you are truly saved or not. Because we were sealed with the Holy Spirit once we received Jesus as our personal saviour. Being filled with the Spirit is when we yield fully to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Rather than being controlled by the old, carnal, sinful nature. In other words, when we choose to sin because we have a free will, and that's the wrong choices that we make, we don't experience the fullness and the joy and the peace of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Because when we choose to sin, we break fellowship with God. We don't lose our salvation, but we grieve the Holy Spirit of God who lives in us. And we quench the Holy Spirit. That means we suppress the Holy Spirit who lives within us when we choose to sin. We grieve him because you can be grieved as a person because you're a, you have that, you're a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And just like a human being can be grieved, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. When we choose because of our free will, to sin. We don't experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit working in. We break fellowship. We quench the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit. But being filled with the Spirit, it allows God the freedom to control every part of our lives. It's sin that hinders the filling of the Holy Spirit. Only our obedience to God's commands allows the Spirit the freedom 
to work within us and through us. And because we're human, we're not perfect, it's impossible to be filled with the Spirit 100% of the time. Somebody says, yeah, we can be filled with the Spirit, but the problem is we leak. <laughs> it's like a, a balloon filled with water and somebody puts a little pinprick in there. You know, and you have to seal that pinprick and fill it up again. How is that done? Through confession. Through confession. When we sin, not saying if we sin, because I'm a realist, and I believe what the word of God says, and I know my old nature. When we sin, fortunately, we can confess that sin. And God promises to forgive us of that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness as far as the east is from the west. So we can be spirit-filled again and we can be led by the Holy Spirit once again, having confessed. So life is for learning. We're never going to graduate until we meet the Lord. So we've got this battle going on between the old nature and the new nature. God is pulling us in one, one direction and the old nature is trying to kick us to the curb. The works of the flesh graphically detailed, verses 22, 23. I don't have to read them again. Those sinful behaviors are in complete contrast to the work of the Holy Spirit. Fortunately, because of God's Holy Spirit's power who works in us, we don't have to be controlled by the old sinful nature again. It says, verse 24, 30, but those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So you've got to consider it dead. You've got to consider those old sinful practices dead. Jesus accomplished that on the cross. He put sin to death on the cross. So we consider us those sinful practices to be dead. We have been crucified with Christ Nevertheless, we live. Since we live by the Spirit, so let us keep in step with the Spirit. So there's a choice we can make or not. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. So let's conclude if we want what God wants, and I believe that you do, and I do, in our daily Christian life, on our journey home to heaven, we should make it our aim on a daily basis to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because we have God living in us, received through Jesus Christ as our Savior. We can avoid 
by being controlled by our old carnal nature. Just as long as we allow him to take control over every aspect of our lives, in word, in thought, and in deed. I'll close with this. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were once darkness. See, that's prior to salvation. But now you are the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord and have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we've learned something new this morning, the difference between the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the the carnal nature of the flesh that shall remain with us until the day we die. Help us to be controlled by your Holy Spirit so we can have those virtues, those godly attributes evident in our life. This is what we desire, but we know we've got that old nature and oftentimes we don't always walk in the Spirit as we ought to, but we can thank you that we have an advocate. We can come to you and ask for forgiveness and because you're gracious, you do forgive us and you forget that sin that we confess to you. So help us to uh, keep short accounts with you. Help us to be controlled in thought, word and deed by the leading of your Holy Spirit who lives within us so we can bring glory to you through our lives and others can see the difference that you have made. May we not be controlled by the old sinful nature that uh, grieves your Holy Spirit, that quenches your Holy Spirit, that takes us out of fellowship with you. And that's not what we want, and that's not what you want as believers in Christ. You want to give us fullness of joy. And the only way we can receive that is by being filled with your Holy Spirit and led by your Holy Spirit and controlled by your Holy Spirit. There may be somebody listening to this message, wherever you may be, and... You don't have the Holy Spirit in you because you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The only way you can be born again, Jesus said you must be born again. If you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're not born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So Jesus said that you must be born again. And Jesus always told the truth. So if you want to go to heaven, you need to receive him as your personal savior. 
confess to him that you are a sinner and that he is Lord who died for you on that cross, who took the punishment that you deserve so you wouldn't have to go to a lost eternity. He suffered and died. He paid the price for your redemption if you're willing to believe in what he did on that cross, having died and yet rose again from the dead. Believe that in your heart and call upon his name and the word of God promises that you shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.